Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I had to. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. I'm Rob McKnight. Joining me is Amanda Howard. She is a true crime author, a criminologist, but we know her as the serial killer whisperer. Hello, Amanda. Robert, I like your shirt today. It's very, very pretty. Thank you very much. Uh, now, I'm a liar because I thought we wouldn't be recording this episode until after my surgery. I haven't had it yet. We've actually done a double recording, so my voice hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Mickey Mouse. I think that's. I think that has to go in there with your Russian and whatever else that you think you do. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm Mickey Mouse, and I love Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Oh, I've never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> uh, and that was not Mickey Mouse, just so we can't get sued by Disney because we know they've got <laughs> microphones everywhere. <coughs> I'm getting upset just thinking about it. All right, let's get into it because we just saw uh, in the previous episode Nicholas Cruz uh, give that weird apology. And on November 2, 2022, Judge Elizabeth Shearer formally sentenced Cruz to 34 life terms with no possibility of parole. We are going to play it in here. We are going to play this in full as she goes over each count. We must point out that at this time, the oversized clothes are gone and instead Cruz is wearing bright red prison scrubs, which you can see at patreon.com slash MWM Confessions, or alternatively, at mwm.uscreen.io. There you go. The plugs are done. Let's get into it and watch this sentencing. Sentence of the court as follows. Count one of the indictment, the murder in the first degree of Luke Hoyer, the court imposes a sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Count two of the indictment, the murder in the first degree of Martin, Duque, and Quiano. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count three of the indictment, the murder in the first degree of Gina Montalto. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count four of the indictment. The murder in the first degree of Alexander Schachter. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count five of the indictment, the murder in the first degree of Elena Petty. 
the court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count six of the indictment for the murder in the first degree of Alyssa Al-Hadef. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. To count seven of the indictment for the murder in the first degree of Nicholas Dorette, the court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count eight for the murder in the first degree of Helena Ramsey, the court imposes a life sentence, mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count nine for the murder in the first degree of Christopher Hickson, the court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 10 for the murder in the first degree of Carmen Shentrup. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 11 for the murder in the first degree of Aaron Feiss. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 12 for the murder in the first degree of Scott Beagle. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 13, the murder in the first degree of Meadow Pollock. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 14, for the murder in the first degree of Kara Lofren. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 15 for the murder in the first degree of Joaquin Oliver. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 16 for the murder in the first degree of Jamie Gutenberg. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 17 for the murder in the first degree of Peter Wang. The court imposes a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Count 18 for the attempted murder in the first degree of Ashley Baez. The court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory. Mr. Silverstein, it's 25 to life? 25. Or do I? We're asking for life, Your Honor. With a mandatory life sentence under Florida 1020 life statute. <clears throat> Count 19 with the attempted murder for the attempted murder of William. Olson, the court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 20, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Kashaba Magnapuram, the court imposes a life sentence with a mandatory life sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. 
Count 21 for the attempted murder of the, in the first degree of Justin Colton. The court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 22 for the attempted murder in the first degree of Alexander Dorette. The court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 23, the attempted murder in the first degree of Genesis Valentin. The court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 24, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Daniela Meniscal. The court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 25, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Samantha Grady. The court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory of 20 years Florida State Prison under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 26 for the attempted murder, Mr. Silvershine, I see you're standing up. Did I misspeak? Okay. <laughs> Count 26. For the attempted murder in the first degree of Samantha Fuentes. I'm imposing a life sentence with a minimum mandatory of life under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 27. For the attempted murder in the first degree of Isabel Checker. The court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory prison sentence of 20 years Florida State Prison under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 28, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Samantha Mayor, the court imposes a life sentence with a life minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida 1020 life statute. Count 29, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Benjamin Wickender, the court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory of life in prison under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 30, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Madeline Wilford, the court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory of 20 years Florida State Prison under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 31, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Marion Kabachenko, the court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 32, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Stacy LaPelle, the court imposes a life sentence with a 20-year minimum mandatory prison sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 33, for the attempted murder of Anthony Borges, the court imposes a life sentence with a mandatory life sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Count 34, for the attempted murder in the first degree of Kyle Lamont, the court imposes a life sentence with a minimum mandatory of life in prison 
under Florida's 1020 life statute. I am ordering that each and every count of the indictment run consecutive to one another. Your Honor, Your Honor on, count on count 30, on count 30, uh, that is a 25 to life, not 20 years. Okay, excuse me. I misspoke on count 30. There is alleged and proven the use of a firearm, discharge and infliction of great bodily harm on Madeline Wilford. So I am correcting my previously imposed sentence. It is a life sentence with a mandatory life sentence under Florida's 1020 life statute. Again, I am ordering that all 34 counts of the indictment for each sentence is to run consecutive. That is one after another. I'm ordering all mandatory court costs, all costs of prosecution. I'm ordering the costs of incarceration uh, of the defendant by the Broward Sheriff's Office. I'm also imposing a public defender fee uh, pursuant to Florida statute. I'm ordering restitution for each victim as previously named in counts one through 34 of the indictment with the specific amount to be determined at a later time. I am ordering pursuant to 943-325, the defendant is to submit to two samples of his blood or less intrusive method for purposes of the DNA bank. Mr. Cruz, you are remanded to the custody of the Department of Corrections to complete the mandatory life sentences imposed by the court. You have 30 days to appeal the judgment and sentence of the court. If you fail to appeal within the allotted time period, or you fail to contest the imposition of any of the fees or costs imposed during that 30 day period, you will waive said appeal. I am also granting the state's motion under the Florida equivalent of the Son of Sam law, which means, Mr. Cruz, you will not be able to benefit, benefit in any way as far as monies are concerned as to the crime that you, the crimes that you committed. In addition, I am going to order the Department of Corrections to garnish uh, the commissary account of Mr. Cruz until all restitution and costs of prosecution and costs of the sheriff's office are paid in full. Uh, the Department of Corrections, I don't know where you're going, but they can assign that duty to their local um, office where they will uh, charge an applicable fee and garnish your commissary until all of these amounts that I have previously ordered are paid in full, specifically uh, the costs of the sheriff, the state, and any restitution that is ordered. Is there anything else from either side? Not from the state, Your Honor. Is there anything from the defense? <laughs> it was previously waived. Then there was some discussion about whether it could be in a death penalty case, but. Um, the defense is maintaining their waiver of a PSI. Mr. Cruz, you're still under oath. Are you in agreement that you're not asking for a PSI in this case? Okay. Is there anything else? Waiver. 
or he's remanded to the custody of the Department of Corrections. And he's to be given credit in the amount of 1,718 days time served. That was fascinating to watch all 13 minutes of that. I've got to say, I've seen, working in the media, I've seen some judgments handed down, <clears throat> especially in Australia, on high-profile cases, and they seem more professional than that. Now, what I mean by that is, <laughs> yeah, well, I just found it interesting that there are a couple of points where the prosecution had to jump in and correct the judge on points of law or, or, or the sentencing that was being asked for. Um, and, and that certainly does play to what happened, doesn't it, Amanda? Because this judge, after this trial, actually faced some criticism. Yes, yes, she was um, far too friendly with the prosecution team and she was um, very close with some of the families and so a complaint was put in. There was also uh, one point when the defence said something about how would you feel if it was your children and the judge thought that they were talking about her own children and she went a bit crazy and yelled and screamed at, at them for, for bringing her family in, into the court discussion um yes so yes so this is going to sound horrible but she looks like something from hollywood casting right um she's She's beautiful she's beautiful beautiful. we we were talking and we shouldn't have been talking about the fact she's got fantastic makeup you know like um she's obviously been watching your makeup tutorials and uh (laughs) which you can find on youtube where just search amanda howard on youtube Are they gone now? No, 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 they're there. They're hidden, but sure. Oh, okay. Amanda has uh, makeup tutorials, everyone. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and, and obviously looks and youth are not part of it, but this was not a professional handing down of a judgment to me, to my mind. And the fact that she was uh, hugging the, 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 the prosecution, she belittled it was said, um, the the defence team, this is not professional. No, it's not. But at, at the same time, you know, it's such a, a, a highly high-profile case. Of course, there, there, there's going to be errors. And, yes, the judge is, is supposed to be above that. But, well, it no. does happen, you know. We, you you take your time in sentencing and you don't present your sentencing until every I has been dotted and every T crossed. Absolutely, but it's it's not infallible, and she is only human. But yeah, there was a bit of um bias, and uh, she yelled at the teams for um taking the jury through the school, saying it was you know just a playground and and, and they shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Um, so it, th- there was a lot of um bad judgment calls. Um, and so and so the bar association did ask for her resignation, which which she did give uh, just a couple of months ago. Yeah, and it was a very subdued cruise that left the courtroom that day, as you can imagine. He was flanked by a large group of sheriffs, and he has a very long sentence ahead of him. And did she? She she was talking about that he had to pay the costs of the prosecution and and the court time yep. and all that kind of stuff. So did I understand it that she's garnishing any wages he might earn in prison? Yeah, kind of, because like they don't earn uh, enough, but he does have property and everything because of uh, 
the death of his family, so he right. would have had split proceeds with Zach. So, um, you know, his, his part of the house would likely go to um, his his defence team as well as court costs and everything. It's just something, uh, you know, it's it's really paid off, but, um, you know, they they have to do that, you know. It's but making a point. I, I, I always see, yeah. I always see people at, at this point. He's just been sentenced to seventeen life sentences plus the others for the for the injuries and 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 other crimes. And I just wonder, like, was it worth it? You know, I just I don't understand that. Like, they don't see that this moment will come when they're found guilty because they're not smarter than most people. You know, yes, there are un- unsolved crimes, but a, a school shooting very rarely an unsub let's face it so um i just i just i have that moment and you know he's just been sentenced to thousands of years Mm. was it worth it it depends what he thought about that moment in time something that he can relive every day of his life until he dies even if it is within prison cells i guess we can't answer that but Amanda, interestingly, this is not where the case ends. Um, During his incarceration and before he was sentenced, Cruz attacked Sergeant Raymond Beltran and faced a trial for assault and battery. And um, over the uh, defense objection, state 7A is an alpha, will be received as state 426. May we publish this, Your Honor? Yes. Uh, Sergeant Beltran, uh, we're going to publish this. Um, uh, you can just say uh, interrupt to explain what's happening rather than just have you explain without the video. We're going to play it. You tell me to stop it to explain what's happening. Okay? Yes, sir. There's no sound on this, correct? Correct. <laughs> sitting at the desk? Yes, sir. At the table? Right. Right by the stairs. We're in Unit 4, Delta Unit 1. Mr. Cruz is walking around doing his exercise like normal. At one point here, he's going to walk around and he's going to flip his shower slides where he brings them in and he walks with his shower slide folded. So I told him not to do that because I didn't want him to fall. When you look, you can see the shower slide being uh, Yes, sir. (laughs) 
right here if you want to stop it. That's when I told him. He turned around and asked me or told me uh, that his shower slide was broken. So I advised him that he needed to go back inside the cell and I was going to get the sergeant on the floor to come over and bring him a new pair. And once the sergeant did that, then he can come back out. Okay. If you want to pause it now, at this point, he basically stopped talking, he flipped me off twice, and then he attacks me. You get started. So we're seeing some video here for those on the audio podcast where Cruz has literally run up to the sergeant and thrown him backwards, and, and the sergeant has hit a table, and there is a fight ensuing. All right, if you want to stop, right here. I'm trying to take control of him, but if you can see, his right hand is going for my taser. All right. Your taser. Uh, do you have your taser with you? Yes, sir. Would you stand up? Sure. Please. Is that where it was? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. You sit down. Okay. <laughs> so with his right hand, he's going for my taser. He also, with his left hand, tries to go for the taser also with both hands. The way the taser is in the holster, there's a little button. If you want me to get up, I'll show you. Sure, illustrate how it works. There's a little button right here. You got to press the button, you got to rock the taser back, and then you pull it out. Okay. Can I see? Why don't you step down? I can't see. There's a bunch of the other camera. Why don't you step down here? You have to press this button right here, and you got to rock it back, and then you can lift it up. Okay. So you just can't pull it straight out? No, sir. He could actually lift my whole body. Okay. Once he's going for my taser, I immediately had to get my taser back. If you, could, if you want to go back a little bit, he actually has my taser in his hand. I'll tell you when to stop it. He's going for it right there with his right hand, he also grabs with his left. You can see he's trying to press the button. Right there, he has the taser in his right hand. At this point, like, I have to get the taser back. Why? He could tase me, he can incapacitate me, and he can basically do whatever he wants to me. Also, if he hits me with it, you know, it's a blunt object, he can hurt me. So. All I was thinking right there was get my taser back. Yes, sir. We're fighting for the taser right now. At one point, you're going to see uh, a light, and I'll show you. That is now continuing as the sergeant tells his story of what is going on. Hold it's coming up. Uh, Wait, it's coming up fuzzy. Uh, Aaron, could you go back? Right there. You can see the light. You see where the table is? You saw the light? Yeah. Well, you can see the light. Basically, the taser activated. If you want to stop it. Prior to this, basically, the the taser was activated. It was turned on. When you say activated. What do you mean? It was it was turned on. So you you pull the lever up, and that's when that light comes up. Okay. So once it was activated, it was... Uh, the only way the taser goes off is if uh, you press the trigger. Okay. At this point where we're fighting for the 
for the taser, I can't tell you if I pressed the trigger or if Mr. Cruz uh, pressed the trigger, but the 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 taser deployed, All right. meaning that the two prongs in the front shot out. Okay, so explain how the taser operates. Okay, there's a cartridge in the front. When you press the trigger, two prongs come out, and Are they're intended the two to hit. Attached to anything? Excuse me. The prongs attached to anything? To the body. Okay. Like when they deploy, the, uh, the intent is to hit one and one, and then it does the job. Okay. So the pro it, uh, it deployed onto the floor. So that's when you see that light. So, stop for a second. So when you say deploy, the, the two prongs, the two darts shoot out. And they Correct. Hit your target, right? Correct. That's on a normal. Right, right. So I'm just trying to get the explanation how a taser works, or this taser works. Correct. So if those that is attached to anything, wires? They're connected to the taser. Right. So the wires shoot out with right. the two prongs. Right. It connects to uh, the, your target. Right. And then it does what it's supposed to do. Okay. And you, when you pull the trigger, what happens? It cycles for five seconds. Okay. While you have, on this particular taser, while you're pressing the trigger. It'll cycle for five seconds and it'll stop. So electric charge goes out to incapacitate the person, correct? Correct. For five seconds. All right. Then if you want to continue another five second cycle, you're supposed to press the trigger again. Okay. And you can press the trigger continually and uh, after, yes, sir. So five seconds, five seconds, five seconds. Correct. Seconds. Okay. Okay. So right here, Basically, he got in a fighting stance, I got in a fighting stance. He took a couple punches at me, he missed. I hit him one time, I had the taser in my hand. I struck him, he uh, moved back, then he got on, his, uh, on the table. I told him to face down, I put the taser on his back, I handcuffed him. The cell and okay. Okay, that was the end of that. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, so, with um, the taser, what what type of training do you have, or did you have? With that? We go through the taser class, which is an eight uh, an eight hour course. Uh, we get explained everything about the taser. Uh, once a year, we do a refresher, or we deploy against a like a dummy. Okay. Once a year. Okay. And uh, you ca you carry that on your uniform all the time, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Amanda, that was wild and bizarre and, and just proves how calculating Cruz was. That seemed to be a place he wanted to take this. Yeah, you know, the fact that he, he was prepared to use that taser to to um, in incapacitate that guard, it's just, it's just crazy, you know, what he thought he was going to get out of it, you know, 
anyone's guess. But, you know, basically it, it just shows that um, he is prone to violence, you know, that, that he wasn't out to kill just kids that day, that he is prepared to go further with other people, mm. including um, armed guards, you know. It's just he's just wired that way. I mean, that there's no other way to basically put it. He does what he wants to and he has to do it with violence if, if he needs to. It's it's not going to stop him. Well, it wasn't going to get him free. Uh, you do wonder, it's that whole consequence thing you talked about earlier where did he not see that attacking a guard would lead to problems for him? And, and obviously not. It's a bizarre moment to watch because... You, you know, a guard obviously always has to be on guard, and I don't mean to have a pun there, but what I mean is that he's got one person in this area uh, that looks like a lunchroom area or a seating area. He's got one person walking around. You, you're certainly not going to expect that in a place with security cameras and back up around the corner that you're actually going to be attacked. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but it is interesting that he is exercising alone in that area. So obviously he, he was put in protective custody. But, mm. you know, now that he's, he's done something like that, you know, he might go in, into Gen Pop if he doesn't watch himself, if, if he thinks that this is an okay thing to do because the mm. guards won't look after him if this is what he's doing to guards. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, Cruz eventually pled guilty to the battery charge. CBS Miami covered the story. Sir, in case number 18-14129, to count one of the information, attempted aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer with a deadly weapon, how do you wish to plead? I plead guilty. Count two, battery on a law enforcement officer, how do you wish to plead? Guilty. Count three, depriving an officer means of uh, protection, how do you wish to plead? Guilty. And count four, attempted use of self-defense weapon against a law enforcement officer, how do you wish to plead, sir? Guilty. Okay, so he's pled guilty, but they have to go through the massive expense of a trial. Yeah, well, it's it's their right to be heard. So if if they want to um, uh, plead guilty, it still has to go before the judge. It can't just sort of be a you know, yeah, yeah. He said he said he's he's guilty. We'll leave that behind, you know, because there is official sentencing because he just had more time ad- added to his sentence. Hmm. Well, it's interesting, Amanda, because. In the very first episode of this series, we talked about a seemingly lack of action when the shooting was taking place and, and the possible things that could have been done to minimise this. And it turns out that in this case, Cruz isn't the only person on trial. Uh, in fact, Scott Peterson stood trial for failing to protect students 
the students of Parkland High School. He was charged with seven counts of felony child neglect and three counts of culpable negligence. Here is the testimony from Anthony Borgs, a student who was shot five times during the spree. And I'll show you this now for those on the video cast. During his testimony, he actually got up and showed the court his massive scars from the bullet holes. In the meantime, let's hear the rest of that footage from Court TV. Back on February 14th of 2018, how old were you? 15 years old. On that day, when you were 15 years old, were you shot? Repeat that. Were you shot? Were you shot with a gun? Five times. Five times. Where were you shot? On my left leg. That was my first shot. And then two more on my lower. Can you just speak up a little bit, Anthony? Sorry. Yeah. I got two, three shots on one left leg and then two more on my body. Was it Valentine's Day? Yes. Correct. Did you have plans for Valentine's Day after school? I had a plan with my ex-girlfriend, Nicole. With I had your ex-girlfriend, but girlfriend at the time. I had a teddy bear and everything. I had a plan to see her after school. Okay. So you had, the teddy bear was a gift for her? Yes. Okay. Now, where were you during fourth period? Study hall. Study hall. What building were you in? 12. The 12 building, the 1200 building. What floor were you on? Third floor. Third floor. Do you recall um, what class you were in? Was the number? Yes, the class. Number, no, I don't remember that. Okay. It was study hall, though. Yeah, it was study hall. Okay. Now, during study hall, were you allowed to wear um, headphones? Yeah, pretty much you can do anything, homework, music, whatever you want. Okay. That day, were you wearing headphones? Yes, correct. Now, at some point in time, during the fourth period, did the fire alarm go off? Yes. Okay. Before the fire alarm went off, did you hear any sort of unusual noises that you didn't typically hear on a normal school day? There was a weird, like, a whistle sound, but I didn't pay attention that much, but it was, like, kind of weird. Like a whistle sound? Yeah. At some point in time, did you hear other loud noises? Yes. What were they? What you mean? Were they gunshots? Did yeah, you they were loud okay. gunshots. Super loud. Explain to the jury what happened um, while you were in the hallway, when you heard those gunshots. So when I was in the hallway, I was, I was like ready to go down on the wet side to go into the down, uh, downstairs. That's when I saw like kind of the gun, like half open the door and then I just closed the door and then turned around back and start running. So when you were shot, you were running away? Yes. Okay. Do you remember whether you were shot in the legs, lower body, or the upper body first? I just feel the first shot on my left leg. Your left leg? Other than that, no. Okay. When you were shot in your left leg, did you collapse to the floor? Yes. Now what that picture showed, is that where you um, were on the floor for approximately 40 minutes after you were shot? Yes, correct. Now, when you were on the floor after you were shot, did you try to get up? I tried, yeah, I tried to get up and... Were you able to? Yeah, could. Can you describe for me, um, did you see any of your blood? There was a lot of blood around me. What, did you feel pain? Nothing, no, not at all. Okay. Were, you, were you in shock? Not really. Okay. What did you see besides your own blood? 
Were you able to look around? Yeah, I was able to look around. I was looking like a few victims. You like saw a few other victims who were on the ground? Yes. Right after you were shot, did you see the shooter? I saw him when he shot me, but kind of like when I went to the floor and looked like fast. Okay. He was holding with, with the one hand. Did you, when you were on the floor, did he ever shoot you again? No. Okay. So the five shots were all one barrage. I guess. One yeah. Okay. At any point in time, do you remember losing consciousness? No, not at all. Um, what else did you do while you were on the floor? Did you have your phone with you that day? Yes, I did. Did you make any phone calls while you were on the floor? I called my mom first. She didn't answer. I called my best friend. He didn't answer it. And then I called my dad. That's when he answered. Your dad answered the phone? Yes. Did you speak to your father? Yes. Why did you call your dad? My final saying goodbye to him. Were you? Did you think that you were going to die? Yes. Did you have any other, what else were you thinking while you were on the floor on the third When floor? I throw the phone away and everything, I was thinking about like, where's the, where's the help? Where's the cops? Like, well, how long are they gonna take this for taking me out, you know? In terms of your thought process, where are the cops, where's the help? Did you keep thinking that over the course of the 40 some odd minutes you were on the floor? Or did you eventually um, stop thinking about that? I eventually got sick dead. So I was like, you know what, I'm just chill over here. Can you just say that louder? I'm sorry. I just I sick the dead. The, the, you just, accepted that you were yeah, going to die? Yeah. And what were you thinking? I was thinking, like, there's no way, like, this could have happened to me or anyone, you know? If I'm an officer, I have a gun. I will automatically just go inside and like save anyone. Now, in terms of your injuries, we obviously saw them, but approximately how many surgeries have you had? 14, 13 surgeries. 13 or 14 surgeries? Yes. Okay. Now, previous to February 14th, 2018, did you play any sports? Yeah, I did play soccer. That was my whole career. So that was what your, your your dream was to play soccer. Yeah, I was literally there to be professional. I was going to Brazil and play. So let's slow down there, just because he spoke kind of fast there. Yeah. You went to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas to play soccer. Yes. Okay. And your hope was to go to Brazil to play at some professional level. Yes. Okay. Correct. These injuries did they prevent that from ever occurring? For sure. Yes. Now these injuries, do you still, um, do they still hurt at times? They do, they do still hurt sometimes. Did you see them moving at all? No, not at all. Did you think that they were um, deceased? Well, I tried to talk to them, but and no response, okay. nothing. You tried to talk to them. At any point in time after you were shot, did you yell for help? I did, yeah. What did you yell? Help, help. In Spanish too, are you there? In Spanish and in English? Yes. Okay. For how long did you yell help? About three, four minutes. Okay. Why did you stop after four minutes? That, that's when I realized that nobody's going to come, so I help you. Okay. 
Were you the only person in the hallway at that point in time who... Alive, yeah. Alive, yes. Mm-hmm. Amanda, that is pretty grueling. This poor kid, his career as a soccer star is over. He had to, you know, he left the dangerous streets of Venezuela where gunfire is normal. He goes to America for a better life. And this is what happens to him. Yeah, I mean, this is a kid. English is is his second language, and we heard that there was a sh- struggle there. But you know, there was times ju- during the full extent of his testimony where he says, you know, that he didn't hear any more gunfire because his he was deaf. He'd lost his hearing bit because the mm. the gunfire was so close to him when he was shot. You know, mm. these are kids for running away, which is different to what Cruz was saying earlier that they were giving him dirty looks and that that's why he he shot them. These kids were in fear and running away from him when he's shooting them and five shots and he survived you know so you can just imagine the other shots and Cruz actually even said earlier that he was shooting from the hip but he wasn't because we just saw um uh images earlier where where he's actually like aiming and firing and you know he he hit a kid in his legs like that they were going to be his his golden ticket to, to a wonderful life and now he's he has to live with that so every single day he is going to wake up and know that his life was ruined because some asshole went into the school where the gun and shot him yeah we know he wasn't shooting from the hip in that psychologist appointment he was talking about the fact of how he chose who would live and die based on how they looked at him and then would aim specifically at people so that's just complete bullshit let's return to scott peterson he's the security guard who hid during the attack having been one of the first people to see Cruz as he entered the high school campus cbs news covered the verdict uh, that was handed down just three months ago as we record this episode Breaking news for you now. A jury has reached a verdict in the case trial against former Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School officer Scott Peterson. You see him there collapse in emotion as he just heard the verdict. Peterson is alleged to have stayed outside during the 2018 shooting at the Parkland, Florida High School. The 60-year-old pleaded not guilty to 11 counts, including seven felony counts of child neglect. Up to this point, he's been found not guilty. Let's continue to listen to the remainder of the verdict. June 2023 at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, Florida. Verdict, count seven. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So say we all this 29th day of June, 2023, at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, Florida. Verdict, count eight. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So say we all this 29th day of June, 2023, at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, Florida. Verdict, count nine. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So say we all this 29th day of June, 2023, at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, Florida. Verdict, count 10. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So say we all this 29th day of June, 2023, at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County, Florida. Verdict, count 11. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So, Amanda, that was CBS News, how they covered it live. So uh, they were talking about it, taking that live. It was one camera. What we saw was a very emotional Scott Peterson. He was there 
portraying uh, Teary, the families of the victims, when it panned over to them, they shook their heads in disgust. Uh, I've got to say I agree with the families, but I did not sit through the whole trial. I do not know what was said. So, you know, he has gone through the, um, ju- the justice system. Uh, but he was employed to protect their children and 17 students and teachers are dead in what, from what I have seen, was a massacre that could have been prevented. Yeah, they got it wrong. There's like, um, what was his job if it wasn't to guard the students? That's what he was there for, Uh, student safety officer or whatever they were wanting to call him. He was there to save them. They have them there because there are so many fucking school shootings. I'm not going on the gun rant, I promise. I'm talking about this man who saw Cruz, who everyone, he, Cruz had been a reporter to her, the police multiple times for um, previous outbursts of anger and, and, and violence. He knew him. He spotted him with a fucking gym bag walking across that field towards that fucking block knowing what he was about to do. There is no fucking yeah. doubt about it. There is no doubt that Peterson had the opportunity, armed and ready to go, he had the opportunity to save 17 lives. I'm not saying that he is the only person that could have stopped it, but he chose to save his own life and be fucked to everyone else that that, that was there that that was suffered that not just the kids that were injured not just the kids that that had killed not the teachers yeah. that had killed but every single other student in that fucking school you know Zach everyone has been like destroyed by this and there was one man who could have been the fucking hero and just said and and decided instead fuck the kids fuck the teachers I'm going to go and hide and be a gutless fucking coward. Well, I, I wish you'd stop holding your feelings back. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, look, we're now going to end this series on the shooting of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High with a speech given by survivor Emma Gonzalez. Now, you might remember this one because this went viral around the world. It upset a lot of those who s- support guns. She became a bit of a target. But it's a powerful speech and we're going to play it in full now. A note at two, around about two minutes ten in, Emma does stand in silence for six minutes and twenty seconds. Um, there's a reason for that, and she will tell us. But we're leaving it in, so we'll play that now, and we'll see you on the other side. Six minutes and about twenty seconds. In a little over six minutes, 17 of our friends were taken from us, 15 were injured, and everyone, absolutely everyone, in the Douglas community was forever altered. Everyone who was there understands. Everyone who has been touched by the cold grip of gun violence understands. For us, long, tearful, chaotic hours in the scorching afternoon sun were spent not knowing. No one understood the extent of what had happened. No one could believe that there were bodies in that building waiting to be identified for over a day. No one knew that the people who were missing had stopped breathing long before any of us had even known that a code red had been called. No one could comprehend the devastating aftermath or how far this would reach or where this would go. For those who still can't comprehend because they refuse to, I'll tell you where it went. 
right into the ground, six feet deep. Six minutes and 20 seconds with an AR-15, and my friend Carmen would never complain to me about piano practice. Aaron Feist would never call Kira Miss Sunshine. Alex Schachter would never walk into school with his brother Ryan. Scott Beagle would never joke around with Cameron at camp. Helena Ramsey would never hang out after school with Max. Gina Montalto would never wave to her friend Liam at lunch. Joaquin Oliver would never play basketball with Sam or Dylan. Elena Petty would never. Carol Lugren would never. Chris Hickson would never. Luke Hoyer would never. Marquine Duque Aguiano would never. Peter Wang would never. Alyssa Alhadaf would never. Jamie Guttenberg would never. Meadow Pollock would never.
since the time that I came out here, it has been six minutes and 20 seconds. The shooter has ceased shooting and will soon abandon his rifle, blend in with the students as they escape and walk free for an hour before arrest. Fight for your lives before it's someone else's job. Uh, Amanda, a very sobering thought to end on and uh, a, a very recent case in, in history. But we will move on. Our next season will be on the Kennedy family when Monsters Who Murder returns after a short break. Yep. Um, good luck with your surgery, Robert. Um, I hope you. it goes well. And um, thank you to everyone who is about to endure my passion for the Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be worth it. All right, we'll see you soon on Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks.